listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We've been talking about the ways our failing infrastructure is failing people here in southeast Michigan. Just about everyone in Metro Detroit was affected in some way by this crazy storm and then all the flooding over the weekend. Uh, Now it looks, though, like we are going to have some progress at the federal level dealing with infrastructure woes. This was a top priority for the new administration in the White House. And now it looks like President Joe Biden might get his wish to get an infrastructure deal through Congress and onto his desk. But it's not the deal Biden or the Democrats originally wanted. Instead of the $3 trillion in new spending they originally proposed, this deal is about $1.2 trillion. And only $550 billion of that is new spending that Congress wasn't already on track to spend. Biden says he's not going to sign this bill without a follow-up bill that would include more money for things like child care, for health care, and for climate change. Still, this is such a rare example of actual compromise and bipartisanship in Washington. And maybe it's a sign of future cooperation on some other issues. Here to talk about the significance of this deal, as well as other big national news, is Washington Post on-air reporter and anchor Libby Casey. Libby, welcome back to Detroit Good morning. Good morning. Thanks so much. It's great to have you here. So how significant is this deal, especially considering how small it is compared to where the president started? Yeah, I'm so glad you started with the numbers, Stephen, because it actually is a significant and big package, but it's less than what President Biden had wanted. And of that more than $1 trillion, as you point out, only about half of that is new spending. And there are some disappointments here because the numbers aren't as big as the president wanted. But there are numbers, and we can't overlook the significance of getting a bipartisan deal in this you know, climate right now. This has Republicans and Democrats on board. And unless Democrats like Joe Manchin are willing to get rid of the filibuster, which they're not at this point, Democrats need Republicans. They need Republicans to pass this. So it actually was a huge breakthrough last week, exactly what Joe Biden pledged he would do when he stood you know, at the White House in front of this group of Democrats and Republicans and said, we have a deal. Um, it got complicated fast, though. It got complicated fast. And, and one senator said, you know, usually you get 24 hours for a honeymoon, but we had like a couple of hours um, in, in Congress because Joe Biden, when he talked about this publicly, he said, I'm only going to sign this if I also get that other spending bill that has other priorities. Now, he did walk that back a bit over the weekend because Republicans, you know, really, really got upset about that and said it's, you know, that you, you've kind of broken your promise to us. So Biden is now saying, look, we can do these on two separate tracks, which the White House has said all along. We can work on the infrastructure bill and we can also be working on this other budget bill that would only need Democrats to vote for it because budget bills, they can do this process called reconciliation where they only need the Democrats to vote for it. We can do the other budget bill that can include things like child care, elder care, climate change, you know, health care. So for now, this infrastructure bill is still alive. Mm -hmm. So how would Congress pay for this? And Mm. and is there is there the opportunity, I guess, to come back a little later and add to the bill, which is what the which is what the president wanted it in the first place? Where 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 is the money for all this going to come from? So 
The pay-fors are uh, a, a big important point. Now, the president has said he will not raise the gas tax or uh, user fees for electric vehicles, something I know that's important where, where you are, an important point of discussion. Um, and so there are no new taxes related to this. Instead, what they're going to do uh, is they're going to pull together increases in IRS enforcement. Uh, so just getting some of those big, uh, you know, people who break the law with taxes, getting them to pay up. Also selling off some of the petroleum reserves, the strategic petroleum reserves. And then some of that uh, COVID relief money that hasn't been used, that states aren't using, that can be reallocated. They'll also be working on municipal bonds and things like that. Um, the White House does want to roll back those Republican tax cuts, those Trump tax cuts, specifically in a couple of areas. One, uh, the very wealthiest, and also corporations, but that was a no-go for Republicans. So that's not part of this uh, at this point. So they, they do have a pay-for attached to it. Um, now, that other bill that, you know, the Biden administration has said infrastructure isn't just roads and bridges, right. sewer systems. It, it's also people. <laughs> it's also educating our communities and keeping them healthy and safe and well. Now, that part is what's going to have to go into that big budget bill. That's going to be separate from this, by and large. Um, and the pay for there gets tricky. They only need Democrats to agree to the pay for on that one. Um, but but that's where you may see more of an attempt to try to roll back those Trump tax cuts. Hmm. And Stephen, I was trying to kind of look through this bill again, even as I was hearing your last conversation, because a big question is like, what does infrastructure mean, you know, where you live? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and that is the question of of the day here, of course, is yeah. whether a bill like this would help us with this. I mean, we are having, you know, an increasingly hard time managing the the storms that are more frequent and more violent uh, here in Southeast Michigan. And, and there isn't money. There isn't money to do the things that we need to do with the, the wastewater and the stormwater system. If this bill gets signed, is it enough? Is it enough of a step, I guess, in that, in the direction of fixing things at the local level that we would notice mm-hmm. a difference? Yeah, you know, the Biden administration had wanted to get money in there for updating the drinking water systems, mm-hmm. also wastewater and storm systems. Mm-hmm. As you point out, it, it's on the cutting room floor. It didn't make it in. Um, another thing that the administration wants to do is make sure to replace the nation's lead pipes. Um, now, there is some money for that. There's about, I think, about $20 million, but that's only about a fifth, even less than that of what they had wanted. But it is something. Um, and, and there are things in this bill that that Democrats and Republicans all say has to happen to make this country sort of functional and prosperous. And that's, you know, roads, bridges, uh, passenger and freight rail gets money, public transit gets money. Um, and, and these are still significant line items. Another thing that comes in there is updating power lines and also broadband. Um, there is money in there for, for, for water issues, about $55 billion for water. Uh, it, it, this is a negotiation. And so what you'll hear from the White House is no one gets everything they want. And that's the nature of a negotiation. But mm-hmm. we're getting we're, 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 ma- we're making that down payment. We're getting things rolling. The budget process that I keep rolling us back to, they can get some more things in there related to climate change, which you know may ultimately be a factor in trying to deal with some of the, the changes as infrastructure has to get developed to, to adapt to floods and fires and things like that. So there is another chance to get a bite of the apple. It's just complicated because what the White House is trying to do is run these two tracks at the same time, the Mm -hmm. infrastructure bill, and then this, you know, this other budget bill, the reconciliation bill. And what happened over the weekend that was so problematic and and late last week was that Republicans started to say, we're not going to do any of this if you're saying you'll only do them both together. 
So that's what the president sort of walked back on a little bit, but you know, they, they still have to keep going in tandem because, for example, Speaker Pelosi said last week they're going to wait to make sure the Senate can pass both those big bills before the House acts. Mm. So this is going to be a long process of like things inching along. You'll hear that it's you'll hear that it's doomed and then you'll hear that it's saved and you'll hear, <laughs> you'll hear that it's doomed again. So it's not going to happen right away. And Congress goes home a lot in the summer. Right. And, yes. you know, they go home a lot. They're gone for and, most of it. Right. Gone for so much of it. So they need to be back here in Washington negotiating this. When they go home, though, they're supposed to be working. And so they should be talking to their constituents, hearing what the priorities are. I mean, that that's supposed to be a work period. They call it a work period, even though we think of it as a recess. Um, so, you know, there has to the work has to keep continuing, but expect this to last throughout the summer and go into the fall. Um, but but this is where the big focus is right now. You know, we saw we saw the voting rights bill killed recently. There are other ways that they may try to attack that. There are other priorities Democrats have. But right now, this is where the Biden administration has to put their efforts to try to get something passed. Yeah. So so I also want to talk about the relationship between this issue and these negotiations and some of the other priorities that the Biden White House still has on its agenda. And of course, the the, the the subject that I think is on a lot of people's minds is police reform and and whether we can get a deal on that bill because of the compromises that were made in the infrastructure deal. I would I would imagine that from the White House perspective, that's that's the goal, right? You, you, mm. you get things going, you build momentum and maybe it carries over. Um, but 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 give us a sense of how well that strategy is likely to work given given the, the the climate for for these negotiations in Washington and you know given how difficult it was to just to get to this point with infrastructure I mean we're still here in Washington you know there are still a lot of republicans who serve in congress who are, aren't acknowledging that January 6 was an attack on the capitol mm-hmm. an attack on democracy and that Joe Biden wasn't you know lawfully elected president mm-hmm. so you know if you if you use that as your baseline that that's the low bar but the fact that there are these negotiations happening uh you know that i guess does make some people hopeful right the fact that you could have you know five senators to 10 senators on each side working on the infrastructure deal. And then you do have people, lawmakers, continuing to work on police reform. You know, that's sort of the the more functional definition of Washington. Mm. Now, we did hear some news on that uh, Thursday. And this was on the eve, of course, of Derek Chauvin being sentenced. Yes. Um, so the night before that happened, we did hear from some of the negotiators on the police reform bill that they had reached a framework, but it's very preliminary and they still haven't hashed out some of the toughest and biggest issues like reforming qualified immunity, which police officers have. Um, that's been a real sticking point in that process. I covered the Chauvin sentencing on Friday and you heard over and over again from people, you know, so closely touched by the murder of George Floyd that they want to see Congress act and they want to see Mm. them move forward. So you did have that as a moment to, you know, remind the nation that that legislation is still outstanding. Mm. Um, They they can be doing both these things at once. It's just that, you know, the White House has to sort of figure out where its focus is going to be. Now, 
That doesn't stop, though, the Senate from acting. That doesn't stop other legislators from working. Um, and so these things can be happening, you know, at the same time. It's just at what point will they finally come to fruition? At what point will they either be dead yeah. <laughs> or, or, or will they really come to fruition in a way that can make a difference? Well, and, uh, the, the attention these days is always on Joe Manchin, who's a uh, a senator from West Virginia, a Democrat, but also a pretty conservative Democrat from a state that uh, that votes Republican in presidential uh, contests and elects a lot of local Republicans. Uh, talk about where he plays a role in both infrastructure and police reform at this point. He's so pivotal. He's so pivotal. And, you know, it's his his role here cannot be overstated because if Democrats want to pass even basic things, they need him on board because they need all 50 Democrats and independents who caucus with them united. And that's where even like that budget bill I keep referring to that, right. you know, they got to get Manchin on board with that too. Yeah. They've got to get Senator Cinema from Arizona mm -hmm. on board with that too. And in a case like police reform, though, they've got to get Republicans on board unless they're willing to forego the filibuster. Yeah. So someone who's pivotal there is Senator Tim Scott, the right. only black Republican serving in the Senate. He's one of the negotiators. So he's one to watch on police reform. But people like Manchin just have a lot of sway right now. And it's frustrating and bedeviling to, to a lot of Democrats who feel like, you know, this guy is 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 he's is plotting a lot. He is in control. But yeah. You know, he is having conversations. He says that he's open to various, you know, various priorities of Democrats. Yeah. It's just that even in that party, you got Bernie Sanders there, you got Joe Manchin <laughs> there, you got to get him on the same team. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Libby Casey of The Washington Post, it is always really great to talk with you. Thanks so much for joining us here on Detroit. Thank Today. you. Yeah. Okay, that's going to do it for us today. Come back tomorrow when we're going to hear from author Clint Smith about his new book, How the Word is Passed, a reckoning with the history of slavery across America. This is 1019 WDETFM, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. Stay dry, and we will talk again tomorrow. <laughs>